Welcome to the Wandering Sun Podcast. I am your host, Eddie Villatoro, and today, as you can see, is a different type of episode. It's just me, myself, and I. Um, I don't have many guests. I wanted to do something different. Um, this is episode 14, and rather than call it season two or the end of season one, I just I'm just gonna keep it continuous. But ideally, what was gonna happen was that you know we were gonna I was gonna end this this uh, wrap up these first interviews and then kind of amp it up for the second set of interviews that we got going on but um you know i'm not just gonna put any any titles or any i'm not gonna put no titles on it uh, as, as far as seasons or anything like that we're just gonna keep it going just to know that things are going to start getting better as you can see we now i have an actual camera set up um this is something that i've been avoiding just because we've been covid and so doing the interviews from home has just been um much more accessible and convenient but it doesn't mean that we're going to stop doing it like that obviously people still can't go out um so so there's going to be still interviews through webcam um, but there's also going to be interviews in person. So what I wanted to talk to you guys, episode 14, uh, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about myself. I wanted to share with you guys a testimony about my sexual brokenness. And before I, I get into that conversation, I just wanted to thank every single person who has come on uh, to the Wandering Sign podcast to, to share their testimony. We've had some incredible stories, some incredible um, moments in this podcast, and I'm super thankful that uh, the 13 of you who, who have shown up so far um, were just so open and so transparent. Um, and it really inspired me every single time because uh, I'm a person that loves to be transparent. I, uh, I love to be just honest. And so whenever I receive transparency from a guest, is just pushed me forward to be able to be transparent with you guys. And so the topic that I'm talking about is, is obviously very delicate. And I just, yesterday, I spoke to my parents about this, which is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Just yesterday. And I knew that I needed to tell them first before going on live and, and sharing this with you guys. So how I will do this is I'll just give you guys the, the whole synopsis or the whole um, sum up. And then I'll go ahead and, and break it down little by little um, just so there's no suspense and we can get right to it because I don't like to be around the bush. Anyways, um, so from... Age five, I was introduced to sexual activity. So I was uh, molested at the age of five years old for the first time. And then I was molested multiple times from age five to age nine by both men and women. I was introduced to porn at the age of nine. So it was like it was, it was the baton was passed from um, you know, molestation to pornography. And uh, I was addicted to pornography by the age of 10. Uh, I was actively watching pornography um, from 10 to 23 until I gave up my life to Jesus. And then at the age of 14, I had sex for the first time. So from 14 to 23, then it was uh, just consistent sex. 
essentially. So from molestation, molestation to pornography to sex, from five to 23. What is that? 18 years. So 18 years of just straight up sexual brokenness. I know that this is something that the enemy, this is a huge weapon of the enemy to to keep a lot of people suppressed, to keep a, a lot of people away from God. And, um, you know, I know that though this happened to me and it wasn't the best thing to happen to me, God has taken that bad and has used it for good. I'm thankful that through my relationship with Jesus, I've been able to be freed from any um, any resentment because I understand that um, for somebody to do that to a kid, for anybody to touch a kid in a wrong way, I know that they had to go through something because those things doesn't just happen. And is 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 about being aware of the enemy and being aware that he's out to kill, steal, and destroy, right? And so I was born in New York, Long Island, New York. My parent, my mom is from Nicaragua. My dad is from El Salvador. At the age of nine months, my mom got postpartum depression and um, the relationship with her and my dad wasn't really working anymore. And so they decided to, to split up. She went out to Nicaragua. It wasn't like a, a bitter split up. It was just a it was just a split up. And she took me with her. My dad was okay with it. My dad at the time was about 22 years old. So my mom taking me with her was probably a little, um, it, it released some stress off his back because he was just a young kid trying to figure it out as well. So my mom took me with her and I spent, I lived in Nicaragua from the age of nine months to eight years old. And in Nicaragua is when the, the, the molestation first started to happen. It didn't just happen in Nicaragua, though. As I traveled to the, the States, all of that followed me. And then I had experiences here in the States as well. Um, so at the age of five, uh, I remember being in the house and then there was a family friend who had come into the house and I remember them walking down the hallway and then making a gesture to to come. And I said, okay, cool, you know, he's a nice guy. And I followed him, I went into the room and then he proceeded to um, encourage me to do sexual acts. So I said, okay, I've been cured. I myself was a curious kid and a very sharp kid when it came, like just a very uh, curious. That's the best way to say it. I've always just been super curious from a little age. And so being in that moment to me, it was just interesting to be exposed to, to, to this that I've I had never seen before. And from there, I, I had a lot of cousins and that would around they were around my age, and it seemed like they had that same interest, and so the in the sexual interactions then went from this one adult who should have known better to now he planted that seed in me, and now I am doing it with my little cousins. Now we're, um, you know, whether it's touching or 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 seeing things, we're we're touching and seeing parts of our body that we shouldn't be, and. None of us 
really knew better. We were all five, six, seven years old, just being curious and being deceived by the enemy to, to, to do these things. From there, my, my father came to see me in Nicaragua and gave me the, asked me if I want to come live in the United States. And I said, my mom gave me the, the option as well. She asked me, do you want to go? And I said, yes. And so I came to the United States at the age of eight. And at the time, my, my dad was renting a house to several people. Uh, the house was very nice, very big in New York. And there was multiple people living in that house. And I was just a very talkative and uh, kid. Like I would just get along with everybody. I would talk with everybody. But I carried this darkness inside of me. I was a very nice kid, um, very smart, I would say, and, and witty, but carried that dark part of me. So I was always looking for opportunities to be able to explore more. It didn't matter if it was with a woman or a man. I honestly didn't care. I just wanted to explore. And so um, at some point I began to, ex I began exploring with a woman that was living in that house. And she, she was definitely older than me. She was probably in her twenties. I was about eight, nine years old. And I began to somehow come on to this woman and, and she proceeded to let me go for it. And so then she showed me things that she definitely should not be showing a kid. And um, from there, I was like, okay, well, I'm getting a yes from, from everybody who I'm trying this. So I just kept trying it. Then there was another guy who was living in that house and I began to go to them and spending time in their room and looking to see if they would let me do stuff and or show me things. And then that guy, you know, just went for it, which is so weird, which I find so weird when it comes to being an adult and allowing a kid to do that. It's just weird to me, but I understand that we all have trauma and, um, you know, the Bible says that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but uh, against uh, principalities. And, and just to, to put it in better and simple terms, we're not fighting against humans. We're, we're essentially fighting against spirits, right? We're fighting against demonic presence. And so when I think about these people who, who, who did these things to me, I honestly look past them and look at the demonic presence that was in their life, which I you know, I wouldn't be able to tell you what they went through, but I'm sure it was something because that just doesn't happen. Um, so I began to experiment with, with, with that guy. And then um, I remember also trying it with like a stepdaughter of my uncle and she was older than me as well. And again, just, okay, hey, can I sleep in your room? Yeah, sure. Okay, now I'm sleeping in, in, in her room and me trying to pull a move. And then they go for it. Like they just do things. It was just weird when I think about it now of how these things happen, of, of me going after it and then them um, just allowing me. It's, it's kind of crazy. And for a long time, that was the reason why I didn't say anything because in my head, it was my fault. You know, what, what, what the enemy was telling me in my mind was it's your fault. You did this. You, you looked for it. You went after it. And as I look back, I didn't know better. You know what I'm saying? And by the age of nine, I had experimented with multiple women 
from different age sizes, teenagers. This is me before I was a teen. I had experimented with teenagers to adults, um, to little kids my age. And I remember after the, the physical interactions, then came the internet. And so at the age of nine, the internet was, when I was nine, the internet was like fresh. Um, we're talking about 2004. And my dad had gotten a laptop and uh, he had the laptop for a while. I didn't really get to use it. I didn't really know how to use it, but I knew it was there. And then this one time I was in the airport flying from um, L, uh, from here, the States to Nicaragua. And I got stuck in a room with these kids. We were waiting for a flight. It was a, it was like a lounge um, because I used to fly alone with the, with the, with the, with the people that take care of kids on the, on the plane. And I found myself with these kids in this lounge waiting for our flight. And then one of them called me over, actually all of them called me over and they said, Hey, um, check this out. And then they pulled up a site and it's porn. Now in this time, porn wasn't as accessible as today. It was accessible, but you had to really look for it. Um, so what they showed me wasn't necessarily, um, like video happening, but it was like the ads, like it was, it was like those sites where you go on and it's just straight ads and you have to purchase a subscription to be able to get in. But that was, that was like enough. As soon as pulled up the screen, all I saw was, um, you know, women, men naked. And I was like, Whoa, this is, this is what I was looking for. You know, I had been looking at it with just whoever was coming um, in front of me, but now I can, I can get variety. I can get uh, a different look. Um, I can get different shades. I can get whatever I want. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's cool. And then I remember going back home and my dad had that laptop and I began to use it. I began to learn how to use it and my dad would let me because he didn't really know better. And I began to, to search up uh, porn. I somehow remembered something from the site, like a name or something. And then I began to search that up on Google. And when I searched that up, obviously it just, a bunch of things started to pop up. And so that began my porn addiction. Now I wasn't even just watching it. I went from watching it to then even uh, downloading it. My, my dad had a, um, had a program to be able to download music. So I began to use this program. I noticed that they had an option for video and I went and clicked the video uh, tab. It was something like LimeWire, click the video tab, search what I wanted to search. And now I was downloading video files of pornography. So once I began downloading videos and just having access to the internet, I just began to just go crazy, honestly. Um, you know, would stay up downloading, would download multiple files at a time, would wake up and, you know, as soon as my dad would go to sleep, I would look at it and 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 just view it and view it and then even try with different little girls my age, just try to do something. And um I never you know, I didn't I didn't know what I can do sexually, as in like I I didn't have sex until I was 14 
Um, so until then, it was just more like touching and, and, and rubbing and doing all these different things. You know, through watching all these videos, I would obviously see men um, ejaculate. And I started to become curious about that because I hadn't done that yet. You know, I was like 12, 13. I was like 13. No, I was, I was about 12. And I hadn't experienced that. And I started to see it on video and I was like, huh, I wonder if I can do that. And at the age of 13, um, one day I just started to masturbate, not knowing really what was like, what was going to happen. I, I remember I did it just, just to do it. And I wasn't thinking that something was going to come out and I began to masturbate and then I ejaculated and I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you guys. It was, um, it was, a. a a crazy moment for me because immediately I was addicted immediately. Like when I say immediately, I mean, as soon as it happened, I was instantly addicted. And I remember that same day that that happened, I went in the shower and then did it like three more times. Um, just because I wanted more and more and more and more. And then I began to do it every day. And that kicked off my masturbation addiction. So it went from molestation to an addiction to pornography to an addiction to um, masturbation. And then at the age of 14, I have my first interaction with uh, a girlfriend. I was in middle school and there was this girl and, you know, we, we started dating and, and going from middle school to high school, she started giving hints that this was going to happen. And then it did. Um, it happened with her and it was, it was nothing special. Honestly, I didn't know what I was doing, but it happened. And then we quickly broke up and then literally like months later, there was another beautiful girl at the time that I got involved with. And now this girl was, um, um, her parents, we didn't go to the same school, but her parents would pick me up and take me to their home so I can spend time with their daughter. Now keep in mind, we're talking about 14, 15. I was 15 years old at the time. This girl is 14. One of the most beautiful girls, one of the most beautiful girls like in our area. And we, we began to have sex and that lasted for a whole year. Now I learned to, you know, I was having consistent sex. So I was like, oh, okay, this is, um, this is cool. Now I'm getting it consistently. All right, bet. Then, uh, so I was able to even learn some new things. Then that breaks off and I'm like, okay, well now I've, I'm in the role. So now I start talking to other women and, and they start letting me, you know, I, I just knew how to talk to them. And so I was started messing with other girls who would let me, let me, you know, let me in. Um, and then it, it was just weird because it just seemed like I always had luck and it wasn't luck at all. You know, the devil knew what he was doing and he was doing something with me. He was training me. He was, uh, you know, essentially teaching me how to, how to just be that. And, and every time that I did it, you know, I was just 
messing me up more and more and more without even knowing. So, you know, now I finished high school. Um, I'm already like, okay, I'm pretty good at this. Like I've, I've got a couple of girls under my belt. And uh, now then I get into a relationship with, uh, with a girl who I end up spending six years of my life from the age of 18 to the age of 23. Yeah, 23. And now I'm having consistent sex with this girl for six years. And now with this person, because we're so close to each other and because I'm in, I'm out of high school, I have my own apartment and, you know, I have the accessibility, the privacy to be able to do more. Now with this girl, we're trying different things. We're, 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 we're being experimental. We're, um, you know, we start, um, experimenting with weed. We started experimenting with, uh, well, I started experimenting with weed and, and then she started experimenting with weed and we started doing it together and I started doing a little bit of alcohol and it was just accessible for six years. And within that relationship, I even got involved with other women. So for the first two years of that relationship, I was still in my high school days. And so I was messing around with other women. And so now I'm not just with one girl, but I'm with two, three, just messing around and um, completely destroying my trust, completely destroying my confidence, um, just just destroying a lot of inside of me. And I noticed that something was happening when I just couldn't be at peace with this girl, the girl that I had. I felt like if she was out and about, like she was definitely with another person or I was just, my mind would go crazy. And so now I'm with, you know, I'm in this relationship of six years and we're having consistent sex. I'm still addicted to pornography. I'm still addicted to uh, masturbation. And on top of that, I'm still messing with, around with other girls. And so it was just a bad bad mix. I never told that girlfriend who I spent that amount of time this. I was never able to tell her. I would think about it. I would think about my experiences with, um, you know, being molested. And I never wanted to tell her because I felt like, um, I felt like she was going to judge me. I felt like I was going to look weak, that I could even come off as gay. Um, and even with that, you know, there was a certain part of my life where the, my mind, the devil started to put thoughts in my head that I could potentially be gay. And I started to think to myself, wow, what if I grow up and I have a wife and then I find out that I'm gay? Or what if I grow up and that, that thing that was in me when I was a little kid begins to manifest more and more with, with other men and I turn gay? And I was like, oh man, like, am, I, am I gay? Am I is, is that me? And then so I, then I, at some point internally without this girl even knowing six years being in my life, not even knowing, I started to have like identity issues. Um, I didn't know what essentially what I was. I knew I loved women, but it was that thought of like, well, you were curious about men and as a kid. And so I was like, man, you know, like 
that only happened when I was, you know, from, from five to eight, but it didn't happen again, but that was just, it was there. And so I started to have identity issues. I started having trust issues. I started to have depression. I started to have addiction to, to obviously like weed. I, I was addicted to weed. I was addicted to pornography. I was addicted to masturbation. So I had addiction. I had trust issues. I had identity issues. And um, in the midst of all of this, everything seemed great. everything, everything seemed okay. So much that when I told my, my, my mom and my dad about it yesterday, my mom, she said, wow, I thought you were, I thought you were okay. She thought that because of how I acted, because of how I came off, that everything, I didn't experience that. She knew people that had gone through that and in her mind, she was glad because she felt like I made it out without experiencing that. And that wasn't the case at all. And she was completely shocked. My dad was completely shocked. And so for 23 years of my, 24, 20, I'm 25 now. For 25 years of my life, everything seemed fine. And so, you know, this is why God has been such a crucial part of my life. Because when I come to meet him at 24, um, you know, and I wrote this down because... Um, yeah, it's crazy. You know, at 24, I gave up my life to Jesus. At 24, I forgave all who took advantage of me. At 24, I was freed from the thought of potentially being gay. At 24, I confessed to my pastor that I was sexually abused. He was the first person I ever told. At 24, I broke my porn addiction. At 24, I broke my masturbation addiction. And at 24, I even became abstinent from sex. And all that came from having a relationship with Jesus. All of that came, all of that freedom came from meeting my creator, from my creator reaffirming me of who I was, from, from Jesus coming into my life and saying, that is not who you are. Let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you who did this. And now I know that some of you might be asking or, or you know, if you're a non-believer, you might be saying, well, um, and a lot of people say this, you know, well, well, why did God allow that? And, and before you even go into that stream of thought, understand that we are separated from God, essentially. Essentially, we are separated from God. And the way that we are reconciled to him is by accepting his sacrifice by his son, Jesus Christ. That's how we come back to him. Okay, we have been separated from God because of sin. What does sin mean? Sin means um, um, separation from God. It means lawlessness. You know, there was a law that God put in place. You should not kill. You should not covet. You should not steal. You should not commit adultery. You should, you know, you should love God. You shouldn't have idols. God gave us this law, which is the Ten Commandments. And we've broken that law in several ways. And we've added new ways of breaking that law law. And so when we break the law, these things happen, right? So the person that did this to me broke the law. The person that hurt that person broke the law. It's a chain of hurt that happens. And why does the hurt continue? Because there's not, there's no godly people around to help us. There's no godly people around to teach us better. And so when I come to meet God, I'm like, okay, all right, I understand. Now I can help. 
Now I can go boots on the ground and go help these kids, help kids be free from, 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 from those chains, help my little brother, my baby brother from not experiencing that by teaching them. Why? Because I'm equipped by the Holy Spirit to be able to protect kids now because of what I went through, right? And so this is why it's so important for me to be with Jesus, for me to have a relationship with Jesus. One, one, because I want eternal salvation. I don't want to burn in hell and you shouldn't want to either. And two, because I can help my neighbor. And that's very important to me because now I not only know God, I know darkness. I know the devil. I know how he, uh, how he operates. I know how he's hurt me and I know how he's hurt my friends and how he's hurting other people. And so on my watch, I don't want that to happen anymore. Right. And so when there's people outside of Christianity who might say that, you know, only weak people go to Christians only, I mean, only weak people become Christians or only people that want an excuse to be forgiven, come to, 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 to God, I would say that only brave people come to, 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 to be a Christian because we have to fight. If you're not with Jesus, you're just standing around. You're just worrying about yourself. As much as you say you worry about people, you care about people, you're really worrying about yourself. And so... That's it. At 24, I was freed. To be honest with you, honestly, just yesterday, I was completely freed from this. Today, it's even a whole new, different level of being free because I, I get to share it with, with the world, you know, to be able to now go out and help people. If anybody that's listening right now has gone through something like this and you don't know who to speak to and you've been holding it in, I encourage you to to find somebody that you can trust. If if you feel that that person is me, please reach out to me and let's talk, right? The first person that I ever told was my pastor at 24 years old. That was the first person I told because I just felt comfortable. It just felt right. And I told him and he was the best help ever. And then from there, I just yesterday, I told my mom and my dad. I even shared it with my current girlfriend right now. Um, because I felt comfortable with her. I knew that I know that what we're doing is correct and, and, and we're going in the right direction. And so she, and I, I know that that's the person that, the woman that God created for me. And so I felt comfortable. And so if you don't have a person that you can share with, share with me. Don't, don't keep that in the darkness because that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to keep it in the darkness so he can keep you a slave to those thoughts, so he can keep you chained up to, to those emotions or to those thoughts, right? And so let's not do that. Let's, let's, let's let this out and let's go to war. Let's fight this because there's a lot of people that are going through this. I encourage you, if you're brave enough to share it, because you're going to help free other people. You understand what I'm saying? So um, if there's anything that I can do to help you, I am here. Reach out to me at thewanderingsun.com. I'm also at The Wandering Sun um, on Facebook and Instagram. You can send me a DM and, and let's talk. Um, this is a super delicate um, you know, it's a super delicate thing. And I'm, I'm just so thankful that if you stuck around and you listened to this whole thing, I'm, I'm thankful. And I would love to, you know, hear your thoughts or, or whatever you have for me. 
but yeah, guys, that's that's pretty much it. That is my testimony with sexual brokenness. I hope uh, this has helped you if you're listening or if you believe this is for somebody else, then share it. Um, thank you for listening, for watching, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Wandering Sun podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to connect with us, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at The Wandering Sun. And if you have any words of encouragement or testimony you would like to share with us, please visit thewanderingsun.com and leave us a message. Also, if you have any prayer requests, if you need help, if you need community, message us at thewanderingsun.com and we'll try our best to help you. I pray God continues to bless and protect you and we'll catch you on the next episode.